Welcome to the Sisters of Industry, a weekly podcast where a shared bloodline combined with divergent professional experiences set the stage for great conversation on doing work that matters. With Laura's global corporate experience and Jen's nonprofit startup experience, the sisters will provide you with insights that can be used to help you lead and work better starting now. We're here to make you laugh, make you think, and make you more industrious in your professional and personal life. I'm Laura, and 100 episodes ago, I never would have guessed that Jen could find a way to sing in more episodes than she doesn't sing in. Seriously. Today we celebrate. This is our 100th episode. How did that happen? Have you listened to them all? If not, get binging. If you have, thanks. We love doing this podcast for you, and today we celebrate this milestone with a look back, a look forward, and a thanks to you, our listeners. minutes of us blabbing i'm just gonna say it like, that's a lot of you and i talking away it is and we only publish a fraction of the time we spent chatting and then the rest gets edited away so it's it accounts for a lot of convo this is true which is part of the fun of the podcast is all the convo we get to have that's just for our personal entertainment fun and wonderfulness okay so jen at the 100 episode mark let's go back and have a moment. Why did we start this podcast? What what was going on in our minds? Do you have any recollection what we were thinking when we said, hey, let's start a podcast? <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things where they say anytime you go back and access a memory, you change it in some ways. And so I'm sure my my memories are colored. And especially because when I did go back and realized that we started this podcast only really a few months before the pandemic began. And so where our heads were then versus where they are now and where they've been the last few years is kind of a bizarre journey. But what I do remember is that you and I had had several conversations just about wanting to do podcasts, feeling like we had been in the work world, we'd had a lot of experiences and realizing more and more that we just had some things that could help others. It was that classic question of, gosh, there are things that we know now that we wish somebody had told us in the earlier parts of our career or in the different roles that we were in. And so can we start downloading some of that? So that was one of the reasons I remember saying, we should do this thing, Laura. Well, there's no doubt that we had this. Okay, we've had we've learned from the school. I remember saying we've been to the school of hard knocks so many times. Let's help some others avoid getting so many hard knocks. And actually, so it's funny that you brought up that we started this pre-pandemic with no idea that we were headed to a pandemic. I actually looked it up in prep for this episode. So today is episode 100. We only published 18 episodes of the 100 we've done prior to the pandemic starting. Our 19th episode of the Sisters of Industry is a special edition titled Leading in Uncertain Times. 
which was immediately followed by an episode 20 special edition entitled Remote Leadership, which I'm sure if I went back and listened to in full would make me laugh till tears ran down my face at this point, because what did we know then that we know now is probably hilarious to think about. But it really is funny to think about the fact that we we got into this, we had plans where we were going to do some travel for this, we were going to do all this interview work and YouTube and just so many things. And next thing you you know, this began to be a labor of love that we've had to propel through a very bizarre pandemic season, including people stopping driving. So we had a brief point where we thought, oh my gosh, who, where do people listen to podcasts now? Everybody's had to retrain ourselves to listen to podcasts while we vacuum instead of driving. So completely different world than we thought we were entering when we started this thing. Yeah, it is. It's bizarre. And so definitely it's a lot of things that we didn't imagine that it would be, which is true of a lot of things in life. But I will say, Laura, the other thing I remember in terms of why we started it was we were starting to realize more and more that we could learn a lot being an intentional conversation, because I think for a long time, you and I had separate work worlds. Like you were in corporate America, I was doing ministry. And so we didn't necessarily talk a lot about work because we didn't felt like feel like we shared worlds. And then slowly but surely, we started to realize that even in such different industries, there's a lot more that crosses the boundaries. A lot of the things that we were both dealing with in terms of, you know, staffing and culture and change and boundaries and all these kinds of things were like, man, this this is actually the same and then that actually played out through the pandemic no matter what realm you were in you were dealing with some of the same issues of you know how do we do this in a remote setting how do we use technology what do, what do we need to stop doing how do we need to reorganize to survive to a new season and so in some ways it became a really good what we hoped it would be which is kind of a us not only sharing what we have learned, but also learning together in real time, the things we were dealing with and how we could process them together. Which is so true. So it really started from a, here's all the things we've learned to us starting to learn on the fly. And for all of our listeners, them having to listen to us figure things out on the fly <laughs> together, which is really <laughs> ironic and hopefully has been both helpful and fun to all of our listeners out there. And we thank you for joining us and hanging with us as we kind of had to take that in-flight change in how we do things. So Jen, yeah. All those episodes later, some special editions, many, many series. If you reflect back on three seasons and 100 episodes of the Sisters of Industry, um, <laughs> what's your favorite topic we've covered or episode series over time? Um, for me, I'm going to go with a recent and then an older one. The um, One of my favorites has been a more recent series we did, which was Generations in the Workforce. And I think that one was incredibly um not only interesting i think it can always be really interesting talking about the generations but i think we took a a unique lens in how it plays out and how we work in the teams that we build and i'm in a season of transforming a team um 
for where we need to be over the next couple of years based on where we're heading organizationally. And so I feel like that was such a fun conversation, but a really helpful conversation and one that's very much informing some of the decisions I'm making right now. So that was a very real time series for me that I would encourage anyone, if you missed it, go back and check out Generations in the Workforce. It is not just the same old conversation on why millennials such as um, myself that we learned is a geriatric millennial, um, what the deal is. So, and then if I go for an older one, the older one would definitely be um, change management. We did a change management series. We worked really hard to not make it a pandemic change management. But yeah, that but was I hard at the time. It was, but a more classically informed, what does change management look like organizationally? And that was more of a bread and butter thing for Laura that was a really good digging in point for me. So those those are two of mine. What about you, Laura? So as I reflect back, um, I really go all the way back to season one, and I loved the problem solving series we did and would actually really encourage folks that if you joined us even in the most recent season and haven't listened to back episodes, um, go back to season one. We had figured out our sound by then, so it's not the first five episode audio quality from hell. Um, it, but it is truly like really, we dialed some things in and I really enjoyed the series that we did on problem solving when we really got into how to break down a problem, how to assess what's really causing issues, how to stem the tide of the problems, kind of cut it off at its source, and then how to put good sustainable fixes in for things that are happening. And as I go back and think about that series, I think that's one of those topics that never goes away. Ironically, there's always going to be a problem to solve, right? And there's so much, um, so much to be learned from the way we kind of systematically laid some tools out there for you on how to solve problems. And that really was based on a lot of experience that we have, as well as what we've learned from a lot of others over time that we reference in that. So that's a particular favorite of mine. Also in season two, we did a series where we focused on simplicity, simply called simple. And I really, I personally go back to some of the things we talked about in that particular series, talking about the fact that simple isn't stupid, simple isn't reductionist, simple isn't easy even, and the mm -hmm. things that we broke down in that simple series. And I really like to use that and have to tell you that that's made me a much more effective leader and colleague in my workplace. And as I prepare to go to a new workplace, that's a theme I wanna take with me because I think that um, we live in a world that has so much information, so much data, so many people looking to make a mark, um, so many distractions, you know, we can, the so many list is so many things long, right? <laughs> but there, the call for simplicity is so powerful and so effective that that's one that not only do I encourage listeners to go back to it, but it's actually one that I keep. I don't replay the episode constantly, but I actually have some notes on it that remain on the post-it notes that y'all hear me talk about all the time that are stuck around me and will remain for a long time because I think it's such powerful messaging and that concept of simple is better if you're willing to do the hard work to keep things simple. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, definitely a good series. Okay, Laura, let's talk books. Books, books, books. We love books. And in season two, we started and we have continued through season three doing a book review with um, most of our series. And so really quick, Laura, what are some of your, your faves? 
I have to be, and I think we've said this before, but it can't be said enough. So I don't even have to think about it. Green lights. Mm -hmm. And it's so hilarious. Of all the books we've read, I actually was thinking as we were prepping for this episode that I need to probably on Insta publish a like, you know, summary look back of the books that we've read and recommend on sisters because it's gotten to be a long list at this point but last summer we read green lights as kind of a whimsical pick we were doing we wanted to get an autobiography in the mix and it has proven to be not only one of my favorite reads but one of my favorite reads of all time period stop love Matthew McConaughey's book. Um, it was so interesting because his wife has been in the news just in the last week or so with some advocacy after um, the shooting in Texas and some advocacy for some gun control. And no matter what you think about that particular topic or maybe her point of view, the point is that I love seeing the work that Matthew McConaughey and the level-headedness that I never expected from this guy who does really weirdo commercials, <laughs> let's be honest, right? But just yeah. his thoughtfulness and the insight that he has about life and the very beautiful way in which he made some very incredible revelations about how we can live and think and approach life. I just, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I can't say enough about it. I buy people copies, even though that book's been out, what, two years now, probably. I'm still buying people copies and giving them to them because I loved it so much. Um, on a slightly less whimsical and thoughtful front, when it gets down to brass tacks, I loved Wisdom at Work, which was a really kind of random um, pick for us, but ended up being an incredibly insightful and powerful book and goes along with that generation series that Jen was referencing earlier. Um, as well as, of course, I think it goes without saying, but you have to say it and be, you know, James Clear's Atomic Habits was one of the very first books we read and reviewed and did together. And of course, it is a classic that anyone with in their right mind is going to tell you is one of the best books ever. Mm -hmm. So those are my faves. Like, yeah. don't even have to think about it. That list required no thought. Yeah, no, for me too, Green Lights immediately goes on the top of the list. And it, it's not only a, a read that I'm actually due to go back and read again that was so entertaining and so fun, but it was very inspiring to me. He's just done a lot and lived a lot of life that pushes me to do more and live more life as well. And then the other one that I would bring up that we read that stuck with me was Simon Sinek's The Infinite Game. And he just did a great job encouraging the, the long game, the fact that there isn't a finish line, so take it off the table. Stop evaluating everything and building everything toward a finish line that doesn't exist when you're trying to do something that lives way beyond you. And so that one was incredibly good to me. So Jen, I think to kind of bring the look back portion of our program to, to an end, I think it's worth saying, okay, takeaways. After 100 episodes of this show, even for us, there are some big lessons that we've learned and some takeaways. For you, what do you walk away with as something that tops the list? I think something that tops the list is something that plays into both this podcast itself, but also this thing, this overarching industry thing that we talk about in general. And it's that we really do have more in common than we have that is different. And here's the only reason I say this, I am not about to preach on this and y'all know that I could, but we do currently live in a culture that wants to increasingly put at the forefront how, how our differences and our divisions are defining everything about us. And I think you and I find again and again and again in this conversation 
that there are a lot more of the same problems, same concerns, same issues that we are all wrestling with and navigating in just every different sphere imaginable. And so I, I want to bring that up just to say, I think if we can keep looking for the, hey, your circumstances and my circumstances might be different. Your job and my job might be totally different. But I actually think there's still so much we can learn from each other. And there's a lot more that we share in terms of what we're trying to sort out. I think that's really well said. And it does just speak to the speak to the opportunity to be constant learners from anyone. There's you're not going to encounter anyone. It doesn't matter the industry they're in. It doesn't matter what kind of work they do, whether it's work for pay or work for volunteer or work from home, no matter what that looks like in life, there's so much we can learn from each other and we don't need to reduce each other to our title or the lane in which we run on paper. Um, a lot to take from that. And I think related to that, to me, one of the other just major takeaways that ends up shining through in so many of the episodes we put out there and so many of the follow-up conversations that I have with people when they contact or wanna talk about things that they heard in our episodes um, separately is the fact that your ability to relate and treat people like people is a distinguishing leadership characteristic. And this is what makes good and marginal leaders phenomenal and great leaders, is your ability to recognize that, and I get to say this, no matter what the spreadsheet says, you can have, no matter what the spreadsheet says, no matter what the rule book says, no matter what the policy says, no matter what the book says, if you are able to take all the information in and step back, and then think about the people that are impacted and that have to carry out the decisions that you make, the edicts that you put forth, the problems that you need to solve. If you think about the people in that, you can distinguish yourself and be so much more impactful in everything you do in life. And I think so often we try to find ways to take people out because we're scared of emotion by the way, another good series, our emotions series from very early on. Yeah. We try to take emotion out of the things we do. We want to take the people factor out because it creates gray. It creates inconsistencies. It's harder to predict, right? It's such an uncomfortable area. But if you're willing to wade into that uncomfortable area, it is unbelievable the impact that you can have in our world. And I think to me, that's just a huge takeaway that almost every series we do comes back to people are in the center of everything. Yeah. And that is, that's a, that's a central thing. And we didn't mention Adam Grant's book a minute ago, but we, that was another one that we read, but he's also someone we point out and pull a lot from on Instagram. And I think it was just today he was talking again about the fact that our ability as leaders to care about people and their growth is the center of what we do. That is our work. Absolutely. So on that note, this ends our look backwards. Let's go do some real talk. And then we're going to look forward. All right, Laura, today on Real Talk for our 100th episode special edition celebrating and also talking about the podcast in the podcast. So this is a very inception reality we're doing today. We wanted to do some real talk about what podcasting life is like. 
the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, Laura, you can pick any one of those three and tell us tell us what you've taken away from this whole podcasting realm. Well, the good news about podcasting is the ugly is not as apparent because it doesn't matter that I have no makeup on and my hair's in a messy bun right now because we've chosen not to go to a YouTube <laughs> platform yet. And it doesn't matter if I look ugly. So that's the haha ugly form. I think it plays into though, like just the fact that I said we haven't gone YouTube yet. Like a lot of people talk, when are you going to start video casting, have content on YouTube? And what that points back to is like, here's a real talk moment. Podcasts take a lot of work. It is not turn on a mic, blab for 45 minutes every other week and and then throw it out onto the internet and see what happens. It is very time consuming. And don't get me wrong, dear listeners, it's a labor of love and we love it, but it takes, it is a lot of work um, to get content developed, to organize yourself, to record it, to edit it. Um, and quite frankly, it's a lot of work to grow the podcast, something that frankly, we don't even get to as much as we should, because just the work it takes to try to get any traction on social media, which is what you need for a lot of that is so much work. So that's the real talk thing for me. If any of you are listening and thinking, Hey, I'm going to throw a podcast out there. You're going to find a lot of people that want to take your hundred bucks and show you how easy it is to start a podcast. What they don't tell you is how hard it is to keep the podcast going and get people to listen to it. Yeah. And I think that's the truth. I think for a lot of people out there podcasting right now, you know, there's some people out there that it's a full-time gig, but for most people like us, this is a side hustle. And so, you know, part of the good, bad, and the ugly is we're doing all of the pieces um, alongside the other things that we have going. And so some of that's fun. Some of it is nice that this is such a, a, I'll say great platform. I mean, I know for both of us, we listen to a lot of other podcasts. I do think it's such a great format for talking about all sorts of things from entertainment to really important growth topics and work things and leadership and everything else. And so I I love that podcasting is something that is accessible, um, but it definitely takes time and effort. And like Laura already said, um, social media alone is an entirely additional job (laughs) to then try to get everything out where people will see it. And so we're hoping to figure out more of that, but y'all keep bearing with us because it it's a labor of love and it's worth it for sure. But it's, it's a lot to do it well, and we want to do it well. So true. Okay, the other real talk thing that advice if you are thinking about a podcast or humor for you if you wonder more about the behind the scenes for ours is what I will call the outtakes are real. Um, It is impossible to, I mean, we could publish what we do straight through. But we would have no friends left. We would be disinherited, divorced. Um, You know, there'd be a lot of issues in our life. I'd be fired probably too, but that's a whole nother topic. The reality is outtakes are real, both the funny and the serious. I can't tell you the number of times that Jen and I find ourselves like making each other laugh so hard we can't continue on saying something that absolutely is not appropriate, um, not necessarily indecent, but just inappropriate for putting into the public airwaves or, you know, accidentally doing things like having a coughing fit or forgetting that you can't return a text while you're in the middle of podcasting because (laughs) the swooshing sound will be heard for everyone. So, um, and the number of times we've had to deal with the fact that my dog 
requires constant attention also is a very real podcasting outtake thing. So that's the other thing that's just a funny like real life podcasting. You need double the content to get your episode because of all the stuff you have to take out. <laughs> it's true. But Laura's mentioned this several times though as well. Um, the very best filter though that we do have for where we land is the fact that our mother is always listening. And so that's our other real talk. At the end of the day we go, ooh, mom's gonna hear that. Keep it in, take it out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's pretty funny, actually. Like, well, let's be honest here. We're not doing the like, what would Jesus say or do? We're doing the what would mom think when she hears us say this. So mom, you are the ultimate motivator as well as the ultimate filter. And we thank you for your contribution to the podcast in so many ways, including that. So that's a little podcasting real talk. Jen, it's a fun thing to do. But listeners, it's real work. And that's real talk. Laura, we have now looked back, we have shared some of the reality, and now on our 100th episode, we wanna spend just a couple minutes looking forward. And the truth is, we don't know exactly what this looks like. This is not only our 100th episode, this does mark the end of season three. And so Laura and I are about to, to take our quick season break before we come back, and we've had some different conversations about what's this going to look like in the new season? How are we continuing to grow and evolve and um, enhance what we're able to do here? So some of that we look forward to revealing to you as we figure it out on our end. But in the meantime, Laura, I would love to just process out loud a little bit with everybody. What are some of the things that we are thinking about um, that we are you know, wrestling with that are going to play into wherever we go next? And so here's the first question I'm gonna throw at you looking forward. What is it you're trying to figure out right now in life or work or at the cross section of both that is definitely gonna end up in future conversations? <laughs> so, um, oh man, this could turn into a four hour therapy session if I'm not really careful with how I respond. Tell me but, how you feel. Oh, because we know I love the feelings. I love the feelings. Um, so this one's interesting for me, though, because as we actually brought up in our last episode, I'm about to enter... A, a huge transition. I have literally been with the same company for 22 years since a week after I graduated from college and I'm changing jobs in the fall. So as season four begins for the Sisters of Industry, I'll be for the first time in my adult life starting a new job, which is redonkulous and many people cannot say that. So I think in part of what I'm working on that I think listeners are gonna hear come into what we're doing is a whole lot about being a continuing learner. What does it look like to admit you don't know and that you're starting fresh in some areas? So what is that continuous learning and late life learning look like? And I'm gonna be talking a lot about that as I enter a new field and a new type of work. The other thing that I think about is also, I'm gonna say like, I'm definitely in that, what do I want to be when I grow up phase, which is you know hilarious to say when you're in your mid forties as I am, but I actually think I'm not alone. I think that I am among many, many 40 something, 50 something, even 60 something folks that are saying, I want something different. And in my case, I am working through how I wanna take my skills and abilities and use them for what we'll call a greater good. I 
this gets a little bit into the craziness, but I fully believe we are entering a significant recessionary period for our country and our economy. And that's going to have a lot of impacts on people's lives. And I'm personally looking to position myself to be out there to be one of the helpers and to be prepared to help folks navigate what could very could. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the one in 10 economists that think it's not going to be that type of period coming at us are correct. Right. But I'm looking to position myself to be one of the helpers, a totally different kind of approach to life right now. And I think you all are going to hear me wrestle with what that looks like, how to draw new boundaries between work and life as my work becomes as much about passion and feelings and people as it is about a bottom line, right? So boundaries, working on new, doing new things and learning and working on how to use this kind of what I'll call act two of my professional life to be a helper and to be giving in what I do. So that's a lot, Jen, but that's me trying to encapsulate many, many, many hours of what I could sit here and talk about into how I think you're going to hear my commentary and learning flavor our next season. How about you, Jen? Um, uh, yeah, that's a lot. And that's going to be so much. Fun. I can't wait. <laughs> Y'all like, we yeah, you're terrified. Next season on Laura's transition um, from corporate America into the nonprofit sector. So I, I cannot wait. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, interestingly for me, I am not changing jobs. However, I do feel like I'm at a, a critical juncture in where I am as a communicator and a leader in the community. And I, I'm, gonna try, I'm trying to think of a succinct way to say this, but in some ways I'm asking the question, what am I uniquely qualified to contribute to the world in this next season? And that sounds like a weird question and kind of like you were saying, Laura, the whole, what am I gonna be when I grow up? Um, it, it's sort of that, but the variation is not the, I'm trying to figure out a whole new path, but trying to figure out with the experience I've had, really getting more laser focused on that unique qualification. And in some ways I have shied away from, not in some ways, in every way, I have shied away from things that have always made me an outlier in the world that I run in. And oh, <laughs> are we going to finally acknowledge you're a woman in ministry? Yeah, I think. Woo! Buckle up. I know. I hate talking about it. And I've been <laughs> for such a long time. And the truth is, I am in a unique position. It does inform a lot of things. And it's put me in a lot of conversations where, you know, for better or worse, goodness help us all. Um, I'm being, I'm being sought out <laughs> by more and more people who are, you know, coming into this realm and going, oh gosh, we found someone who's maybe been doing these things. And what does that look like? So I'm setting up conference calls with people in Australia and Alabama and all over the place and asking the question of, okay, um, somehow I got here and I do have a unique lens and how am I going to share it and how am I going to be asked to use that? So I love it. You know, it's, there's a lot there. So we'll see where all of that unpacks. <laughs> I love that. I love the topic. I also love that just now when you tried to explain the far reaches of the world, you went to Australia and Alabama. 
I know. I just thought that was that was that fantabulous. The continuum you, know, you just created. I'm going to put in a graphic, and I'm going to laugh myself silly about it for hours. You know, they were both. They both started with A. They did. I yeah. Okay. Badly, and they were my two most recent Zoom calls. And so, you know, that's there you go. That's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I'll let you have it. I love it. But I do think I really like your focus on how am I uniquely qualified, right? So I think you and I are going to bring very different views on the fact that I'm saying, okay, here are my qualifications. How am I going to use them differently? And you're saying, how am I going to laser focus and take what is very unique and get the most out of it? And I think those two are going to make for some really interesting conversations in the episodes that are to come in season four. So Jen, maybe we should go a little bit more towards the like, okay, that all sounds really exciting. There's some scary things going on out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that is a good place to go next. Kind of the, you know, what are the big fears of everything that's coming next? And um, I will say, you know, for me, it is the, you know, finding where I'm uniquely qualified, but then also um, organizationally, I'm very much being asked to function outside of some of my areas of expertise. And again, won't belabor the point. We all know I'm in a building process that has come up time and time again. Um, but, you know, just having to do some of that. And then the other big reality is, and this, I think, again, this crosses all industries, but the financial realities of a changing workforce. And we talked about this with generations and everything else. But Laura, I spent, I can't even tell you how many hours this week trying to think through how we're going to hire and where we're going to hire and what that's going to look like in a workforce that is on its head. Um, it's not just changing a little bit, it's changing completely. And so who we can hire and how we can hire and what that looks like in the economy that you just were describing a few minutes ago and how we're going to afford the people we need, especially over here in the nonprofit sector where the needs are high. Um, so those are the things that whew, keep me up a little bit at night. Well, now I'm nervous. Just kidding. I love it. Not that you have to face those things, but I'm looking forward to facing those fears together. And I think talking out loud about them, there's no way we're going to get through season four without talking about the changing workforce and, and solutions that we are finding in whatever realm we all work and live and breathe to manage not only how we handle it as leaders when we have to address our workforce, but also how we're impacted personally by how the workforce has changed it, changed and therefore how services and products are available to us differently. Our world is, like you said, on its head there. And I think that is going to taint both positively and negatively a lot of our conversation in season four. I'm actually looking forward to building out on that and some of the solutions that we're going to come up with together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the fear. I mean, do you have a fear to add, Laura, or are you ready to take us to a motivator? Um, I have two fears. The first one is that the new Jurassic Park movie isn't really the last one. And that some idiot is going to open another dinosaur park and make a movie about it. So I have that fear, but that's more of an acute fear that I just need to say out loud so people know I'm really worried that they're not going to let that ghost go. Um, so I'm worried about the continuation of the Jurassic Park franchise, um, and that's very terrifying. for It should be terrifying for everyone, and I just want to put that out there. Um, secondarily, but probably much more important, um, one of my 
fears. And I don't even, I hesitate to say fear because God's in control and I know God has it. But I think one of the things that weighs heavily on me and that will also help mold and shape the things that we cover in season four is the acute awareness of how the current world events are impacting our next generation. And I think this goes along with the generation series that we did. And in that series, folks heard that I have a lot of interest in taking on this, you know, mentor type quality. And we talked about what it means to help prepare and integrate the next generations into our world. And I think I have a lot of concerns about how things like war, recession, hunger, inflation, you know, put all of these things in here, right? How all of the things, mental health issues being rampant and yet the lack of services that are available to help address them, you know, things that happen in our schools, there is so much going on out there. And I have a lot of concerns about the way our next generation is being shaped by fear instead of being shaped by hope. And that's one of the things that I really want to be able to dig into from from frankly, from a secular viewpoint, not just I mean, certainly my Christian worldview will enter that conversation and be very evident as we talk about it. But even just from a secular viewpoint, how do we how do we help this generation take hold and take the world by storm and come into an adulthood in a difficult time? and make make a really positive strong impact and turn that which can be bad into that which could be amazing and how to make that happen so that's probably the fear the opportunity that i kind of am staring down the barrel at and look forward to covering more in the next season well and i like how you approached it lara because essentially you took what feels like a really big thing and things that are fearful for us but showed how they can be the exact things that do motivate us. It's what keeps us in the game. You and I can both look around and go, not only do we have some school of hard knocks learnings in our back pocket, but uh, an awareness that there's a lot going on around us and a desire to have a very real impact, a desire to impact the people that are entering the workforce, a desire to set other people up to win and to grow. And those are the things that make us keep showing up, even when there are fears, even when things keep changing, even when we don't know what it's gonna look like next and how we're gonna get there, we keep working because it really does matter. And I think that brings us full circle, Laura, to where we started today. It does. And sitting here in this 100th episode of why are we doing this? Because we just, we really think that we have things to offer in this world. And I don't mean just Laura and I, I mean all of us. We have things to offer in this world that matter and make a difference to the world that we're living in. We are here for this moment. And so um, we're going to keep showing up and we're going to keep talking about it. And we look forward to all of you sharing that with us and are just so grateful to be on this journey together. But what would the 100th episode be, Laura, without a trip down memory lane? Jen, today on Memory Lane, I want to go back really not that terribly far, let's be honest, but I think it's only appropriate to talk about the first time we met to plan the podcast. At the time, we did not have a title. We did not have a target audience. We did not have anything really zeroed in except we knew that we had something to put out there as we've been discussing and we were going to use the podcast format to do it 
and we got together. We literally set meetings and were very intentional, which is nerdy and awesome. But here's the part of the memory that stands out to me. And then I want to know what stands out to you about that first meeting. So the first time we got together, it was virtually, this was pre-pandemic, but Jen and I, as you both know, are the sister from the North and the sister from the South. So we got together via FaceTime and I showed up for the meeting with a five slide PowerPoint presentation on target audiences and theming and things that I thought we could do. And Jen showed up with a Google Doc live and ready to rock to build and brainstorm. And I think that is such a funny memory to me because it set the tone and said right away, here are the interesting ways we're going to approach these things. Here is corporate Laura, who you've all heard me say it before. You don't need an MBA. You need advanced PowerPoint to survive in corporate America. That's what you need. Right. And then we've got Jen, the mover and shaker in the nonprofit um, small biz world. Who's like, Google gives it to you all for free lady. So I think, um, you know, free, they just are sucking your soul slowly probably right but so that to me is like an awesome memory of how we came together for the record for all of our listeners we are both sitting here right now with a google doc in front of us because that is the way the world (laughs) needs to work appropriately and i have come to see the light in jen's way well it really is true except that we are also are governed by the spreadsheet that is the episode template and <laughs> this is fair the dates for when things are recorded and aired and everything else so there are still both spreadsheets and google docs that light our journey and i do think that's hilarious because that is exactly what happened and i think it was funny too because again you and i had never spent overwhelming amounts of time discussing work life with each other. And so when we got to the table and said, yeah, we're actually talking about more of this part of our life and our world together, um, we did start to learn about each other as professionals in that sense. And it was funny as well, where not only did we come with, you know, different tools um, technologically of how we were going to organize, but I definitely came with all of my startup passion, fire starter energy of, yeah, here's a big idea and let's brainstorm. And here's this overarching umbrella. And Laura sat there the whole time going, okay, but what does that actually mean? Okay, but what does that actually mean? And how does that play out? And what is our timeline? And so, you know, here I am over in Big Vision World and there's Lara in great, but that needs a process and let's identify the, the, the goals. And so it was a beautiful moment of us learning each other. And as we've continued to learn each other and the gifts and the skills and all of the personality things that make us who we are. And I do think our listeners can probably acknowledge that too, even in highlighting a couple of those differences, you and I were really excited at that meeting as well about it's going to be great. The first time we have a really big disagreement. And we've kind of not had that. (laughs) And it's not because you and I don't disagree um, and have those things. It's just that we, at the end of the day, we do think very similarly about a lot of things and yet function so differently in such fun ways. I love it. So that is a fabulous, it's really funny how even three years later, I look back on that and could just laugh so hard to think about who we were and how much this entire experience has changed us even in 
not quite three quick years. It was about this time, exactly three years ago that we sat down to do our initial planning, knowing that we were gonna, we were gonna use a beach vacation to further refine our plans, which is hilarious that we thought that's how that was gonna go with small children. So anyway, wonderful, wonderful memory. And we're looking forward to a hundred more episodes and many more memories to come. Thank you for joining us on Memory Lane today and for these first hundred episodes of The Sisters of Industry. Listeners, this has been so much fun. Thank you for indulging us with this 100th episode celebration. Laura and I have so much fun doing this together. We hope you do too. We hope that you not only share the last 100 episodes with some people, but that you're looking forward to the next 100 episodes with us. And so for now, keep following us on Instagram and we look forward to joining you again in season four. For now, thanks for listening. We hope this episode has made you laugh, made you think, and helped you grow in your industrious life.